Hello and welcome to Stocks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined today by Tony Marchese. It's been three games since the last time a Socks on Tap episode was released, and the White Sox have gone 0-3 in them, with the last two being nothing short of... It's fucking embarrassing! Yeah, Tony. Um, you know, I feel like the last time we were on here, uh, we left this pretty upbeat. I think you and I did an episode, and then... Um, Right after that was the Nicky Delmonico walk-off home run, and I was really excited. And right now, I feel like I just took a punch to the stomach. Um, let's not even talk about Friday. Uh, I mean, let's just get into what happened yesterday. I mean, the day started out great, Johnny. Weather was good. You and I got to get up to the ballpark, did a little pregame tailgates with uh, with both of our families. And then, uh, then baseball started. So let's talk about the uh, baseball or lack thereof on the south side of Chicago yesterday. Yeah, so on Saturday night, it's it started off okay. You know, Manny Banuelos retiring uh, the first two and two-thirds, no problem. Uh, we got a run in the bottom of the first inning. Um, that was Jose Abreu driving in Larry Garcia. And then with two outs in that third inning, the wheels absolutely fell off. And 10 straight Red Sox got hits, and they put up nine on the White Sox, on Manny Benuelos. And Ricky Renteria didn't pull him until it was, you know, way beyond gone. I've never seen anything like this in a baseball game that I can remember. It was fucking embarrassing. I think that's the best way of putting it. Number one, how do you let a pitcher give up 10 straight hits, Johnny? How, how do you let a pitcher give up 10 straight hits with two outs? Like you said, it's honestly like nothing I've ever seen. So this is all brand new to me. But you know what? I'm not shocked that it comes from the White Sox. And, you know, let's take one little step back. Before the game, what was it, Friday? Yes. Or Saturday, where Ricky Renteria had these comments about he doesn't look at the score. Ever since those comments, Johnny? <laughs> or he doesn't look at the record, ever since that, they've lost all these games. And, and you know, this was the type of attitude that we don't like seeing because it didn't look like this team cared. It looked like Little League. You know, don't look at the score. We're not going to put a score up on the scoreboard because everybody's a winner. That That was the type of attitude that I got out of this. And this is Major League Baseball, Johnny. This is where you are literally judged on wins and losses. Are you good or are you bad? It's simple. It's all math. Wins, losses. If you have more losses than you have wins, your team's not good. If you have more wins than losses, your team's generally good. We've had how many years of losing baseball now? Have you ever seen something like this happen? No. I mean, none of us can even think of the last time that they saw such a shellacking. And it all came on two outs. And then yeah, You know, I, I don't even understand how you let the guy just sit there and just get completely destroyed. One thing from that Friday game, Johnny, was Jose Rondon pitching in the ninth. In, in a, a five-run game. In a five-run game, a 6-1 ball game. And the players laughing on the bench. It looked like a joke to them. At this point, whatever. he got, He got through it clean. But this Sox offense has scored more than five runs in an inning before, Johnny. We've seen it 
a few times now. Yep. These games need to be taken seriously. And when you're letting your pitcher just absolutely get destroyed in preparation for a bullpen game, which was today, Sunday, supposedly, why Jose Radon was pitching in, in the game on Friday night, and Manny Banuelos was left in the game yesterday, I don't feel like you're taking it very seriously. No, they're not. They're not at all. And I was just going to step back to Friday night, but I'm glad you brought it in there. When they're bringing him in, Jose Rondon on Friday night, firing in like, you know, the radar gun doesn't even register it. It's like 58, 61 miles an hour, whatever it was. And you already had said that Saturday or uh, Sunday is a bullpen day. You are you in my mind, you are almost already conceding all of those games to be perfectly honest. Every single game. And, and that's what exactly what it looked like, dude. It looked like they conceded Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and had no intention of playing competitive baseball. No, no intention not, of it. Not at all. No, it, it was it, it honestly was embarrassing. I hate to like I, I use that video all the time whenever I'm, you know, reacting to a White Sox situation, but it's unfortunate and I hate to have to use it, but it is the most fitting. It, it really is that it is just flat out embarrassing do you i even like the a team like the miami marlins granted i don't pay that close of attention to them but i don't see them with these like god awful managerial choices against a team that like just won the world series you know what i'm saying it, they're like is there any sort of pride in what you have going on here on the south side of chicago i i don't know how much ricky renteria actually played into these losses but I do know this. He didn't do anything to help them win any of these ball games. He didn't do anything to help them. No, not at and all. He I mean, did he did do things that hurt them. Yeah, like leaving Banuelos in for 10 straight hits. That, you know, that I was. So I sit down the left field line. I sit, uh, you know, third base line, um, 149 right there. So I can see when guys are getting the bullpen. I can see when the bullpen coach is going back to answer the phone. That thing wasn't coming off the hook until already, like, Seven eight runs were in. Oh, I know. I, I was I was screaming. I was up there in uh, three eighteen, and I was watching because I had a perfect viewpoint of the bullpen coach and the dugout. And same thing, dude. I was after like three or four hits. You think like maybe get somebody up because by three or four hits they were already, you know, starting to tally runs up, and it just kept going and going and going and going. It was like. You know, I hate to be cliche, but this was the definition of beating a dead horse. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's it was atrocious. I I've never heard the park so demoralized during that inning. I mean, and that was a that was a solid sized crowd too, it but was it was still just crew. so so demoralizing, like you had said. Um, even the even the casual fans that were there understood. You know, this was a absolute abomination right like my parents were there and they get to maybe like two or three games a year if that especially my mom and i mean even she was like what the hell's going on here i mean you, you want to talk about giving a reason for fans to come back to the ballpark this <laughs> this weekend was you know f a full display for why not to spend your money at guaranteed rate field this this season and you know the 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 more diehards, the people like you and I, Johnny, who are there over and over again and have almost, you know, been to 10, 15 ball games or whatever by the time it's mid-May, this is 
one of those games where you start to wonder about how much you care about going back to the next ones because I don't know about you. I know I think you left early that game. I did. You know, it, it it's embarrassing. It's it's just so embarrassing to see stuff like this go on. And yeah, you know what? Even if the 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 third inning wasn't you know bad enough, I mean the game is pretty much over after that. They come out and they load up four uh, five in the fourth, and yeah, you know, was... Carson Fulmer Carson Fulmer gets lit up in a third of an you know there he get he gives up all five runs, three of them were earned. So granted there were some errors in there, so defense is another part of that downfall. But it uh, if it couldn't get more embarrassing, the White Sox still find a way to do it to themselves, and it is just so frustrating. And yeah, and this all comes on the heels of I don't look at the wins and losses, and this is just a process. And if we're process oriented, the results will come. Where's the process here, Johnny? What process are we following? That's what I want to know. Is the process to get yourself just completely slapped around by you know a team that you had just beaten two days ago? They let Friday get away. They let Saturday just completely go in the in the can by you know the fourth inning and then you know you come into today and we'll we'll break down today in depth in just a minute here and you you literally have this game in grasp tied 2-2 and then you let it blow up again it was you know and in front of another packed house just such embarrassing efforts from this team right here they could have came out of this road trip six and three and split the series with the Red Sox, which I, it was, I think, what both of us thought was going to happen. They probably could have won three of these ball games had they been played right. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, with the White Sox, I had to take everything with a grain of salt. So yeah. I, I appreciate your optimism, but I don't know if three is. You and me had both called splits. Yeah, and we had uh, previewed the series coming up, and uh, after Thursday night, you know, look at yeah, But all right, so even going back, I hate to just keep backtracking here, but even Thursday night was kind of a um, they got by by a, mir- yeah. a miracle, you could say. They Nicky got by Del Monaco finally, you know, comes in and hits that. Uh, you know, walk off home run. It was exciting, and that you know had us feeling decent. But that that was you know, so it could have been even worse. We could have gone you know, get swept here in a four at home set. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at least it's closer. At least it's closer, and you give yourself a chance to win if these are managed better. If there's not stupid errors like there was today, which uh, I think is a decent transition point. You got roster shuffling up and down. Um, you know, Jose Ruiz and Carson Fulmer option down to Charlotte after Saturday's blowout. And then Frere and uh, Manaya recalled. And then Frere sent right back down right before we got on this podcast after Sunday's game. Um, they, do you just want to take that right into Sunday? What happened here, Tony? Yeah, I mean, just to briefly close the books on, on Saturday's disaster, the offense needs to also show up in these ball games. Seven hits, two runs, and a total of twelve people left on base. They weren't even getting on base, Johnny. It was it was a poor effort there. Tim Anderson, another O for day. In fact, Tim Anderson got pinch hit four by Yolmer Sanchez. Another head scratch here. The offense has completely died since Nicky Delmonico hit that home run. And the only reason they even put up a, a, 
a second run in that ball game was because Jose Abreu hit a garbage time home run, which he is the king of doing. Um, I don't ever want to witness something like that ever again in my entire life. It was horrific. Um, that's all I have to say about Saturday. Sunday today. Start the game out pretty decent. Everything was going okay. You're labeling today as the bullpen day, and you get the start out of Dylan Covey, a guy who we all know how we feel about Dylan Covey. Um, he is the king of, as as Shysax Janda calls it, the back end of double headers. Last year had somewhat of an impressive run for just a little bit, enough to make people think that he's capable of being a major league starter. Uh, did not win a starting spot this year. Spent some time in the bullpen, got himself sent down to Charlotte, and then comes back up because we really apparently don't have any other options. And today comes out and goes four and two-thirds, only gives up five hits, two earned runs. I know he only struck out two batters, Johnny, but I was I was okay with Dylan Covey doing that today. I, I was okay with it. I mean, when he leaves the ball game, you're down – what was it? Two nothing. Two yeah. nothing. Two, two nothing. nothing. It, 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 two nothing. Dylan Covey exits. The game's within reach. I, I I had no problems with this start today. Thoughts? Yeah. No, that that was okay. And uh, even Aaron Bummer coming in. I mean, he struck out the side. Aaron Bummer, good inning there. So that was you know if you're talking bullpen day, you're like at first, you're thinking okay, like yeah, sure. Jace Fry comes in. He gets out himself out of a little jam. Two guys on. Uh, gets a double play to help him out, get out of that inning, and then the wheels fall off oh, in they? the top of the eighth. And it was against a guy who we've considered highly reliable in Calvin Herrera. And okay, did you know? Well, I was. I uh, uh, Herrera gets credited for the loss here for you know two thirds innings. Gets credited for those, you know, three hits, five runs. But the play to start it all, Tony, th- this is where we just have to open up this game at because this is where the wheels fell off. You can pinpoint one exact moment yep. where the wheels fell off, and this was it. Single to left field by Rafael Devers. Delmonico makes a decent play on it to cut it off and get it in to second base where Tim Anderson is covering. And Tim Anderson decides it's a good idea to fire the ball over to first base because he thought Rafi took too much of a turn around first. So he fires it over to Jose, and of course with Tim Anderson's accuracy, it goes away. Devers advances up to second, and then Jose stupidly, I mean, I I don't even understand this from a veteran guy, from his ass, throws to second base, and it goes into left center field, and Devers takes third on one play. And that is the exact moment where the wheels fell off. And I'd put it out there that if I was Kelvin Herrera, I would absolutely ream Timmy. I understand Jose made a bad play there too, but Timmy does not need to play hero in that situation. Just live to fight another day. Yeah. Another and that, that's where I stand. I know you had disagreed with me a little bit on that, saying Jose was the one at fault there. Timmy can't be starting that stuff, especially with his arm. So I, th- I mean – He's up there in errors, I'm just saying. You, oh, he is, and I agree with that. From from the camera that I got, the way that the camera worked, looked, it looked like Rafi had taken you know, way more than he should have 
off of rounding first and looked like he was trying to stretch this into a double. It looked like there was enough where the, a play could be made, in my opinion. And a guy I feel like in Tim Anderson, like he's just so aggressive that he's going to try and make that play. And Jose needs to know that that ball's going to be coming to him. And regardless of whether or not you can put a tag down, stop the ball and just hold it and settle it down. You, you know, we talk about Jose as being a veteran guy. He needs to know that even if that throw goes away, that he can't then extend it into what it was. There's a difference between runner on third and a runner on second, even a runner on first. If Tim, if Tim swallows that ball, we're fine. If Tim tries to make that play and by some miracle ends up becoming a uh, an out there instead of a single, or what it ended up being was essentially a triple, um, you know, good for them. They, they 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 made an aggressive play. Tim Anderson has always been that aggressive guy, Johnny, and I don't think you're going to be able to take that out of him. I think that's just his style. I'm, I'm not excusing him for making an errant throw. The throw needs to be on the money. Tim needs to know that. But it's one, you know, you make one error on a play, okay, correct it right away. It's when you start giving multiple errors and it looks like a little league game and the ball's going all over the field. I mean, I was coaching my son's game the other day and he's in, you know, six, seven-year-olds and they threw the ball around less than the White Sox did on that play in the entire game. And I was... I was actually shocked because when you watch Little League Baseball, Johnny, you expect the ball going into the outfield and, you know, off to the sides of the fences and all over the place. This was the most embarrassing baseball play I saw all weekend, and I watched a bunch of kids play baseball. That's sad to me. That's really sad to me. The Sox, for some reason also, Johnny, don't seem to have the stop the bleeding button in reach anywhere. Once no, it's just open, once, it's open up the wound button. Once, a, once, have. yes, once they're scratched, it's like they just have some sort of rush of blood, and the sharks are in the water swimming all over them, and yeah, they get like eaten they, alive. They have a uh, you know plus, uh, you know point one alcohol, blood alcohol concentration, and it's just rushing out. To be honest with you, that's what yeah. it looks like. Yeah, that, I mean it's bad. They cannot stop the bleeding, and that comes from. Pitching, Johnny. I, I don't understand when we're going to have some of these guys. That, and you know what? It's sad. I, I feel like Aaron Bummer is like our best pitcher in the bullpen right now. Uh, yeah, you know. As it, of late. As of we late, had, I should we had say. thought that, you know, it's like, oh, the bullpen may be a strength early on in the year, very early on. And, you know, that perception has changed very quickly. Um, Caleb Frere up for, you know, <laughs> he didn't even throw, not even recorded uh and out um he gave up a run uh walked one uh that you know that one was the one that came around to score uh just further inflating his era and now he's back down in triple a charlotte so uh thanks nice cup of coffee there real quick um juan Manaya, uh one and a third and he was also tagged for one you know herrera is getting the loss for this but uh, i he had walked a couple after that. So another thing was Herrera exited with back stiffness too, and now he's day-to-day. So that's another hole to fill in that bullpen. So that's not great. But I, you know, Herrera has been one of the more reliable guys. So I, I honestly, with that play and just how terrible it was and how much that shifted momentum, 
even though he got the loss and technically has the worst numbers out of the pen in this game, I don't know if I can completely pin it on him there, Tony. That, and, that's just my my thought on this. Um, I, I blame Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu more. You know, I do I do blame that play a lot more than the way that Herrera pitched. But you know, you got to come back after that and go get out still. Um, maybe the maybe the back discomfort had already started. I don't know. You know, it, it could have, and and we don't know what this is going to lead to. And the sad part is, is that um, he's been one of the most heavily leaned on guys in that bullpen. There's been countless games where he's in that game, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and putting up scoreless innings for this team, and. It's going to hurt Johnny if he is not in that pen for any period of time. Absolutely. I mean, like I just mentioned, he's one of your most shut down guys. He was that setup guy. He was that eighth inning guy or earlier if it needed to be. But most likely that was the bridge to Kalame. So, yeah. And I mean, back discomfort can mean a lot of things. You you don't know what's going to end up happening there. Um, Like they said, they'll provide more updates day to day. Uh, let's get into the the uh, the Caleb Frere and Adam Engel send downs. Um, they did announce today that Adam Engel is heading down to Charlotte. I think that's something that we can crack him to. I know I have been one of Engel's biggest haters, you could say. Um, I just I've always viewed him more of a defensive replacement. Ricky Renteria comes with those comments today and says, "Bottom line, he has to hit. Um, he has not hit very well. He did have a good game." Uh, earlier this week uh, with with a multi-hit game in the second game of the doubleheader. But other than that, Johnny, he's been the Adam Engel that we always have, have grown to know. Um, thoughts on Adam Engel going down and uh, Frere, like you said, back to Charlotte and what the Sox are going to do with those two roster spots that open up. Yeah, so I'm in the same boat as you. I'm happy that Adam Engel's going down. I've always viewed him in that same light as you had just described, defensive replacement type. Uh, makes some outstanding plays, but man, he he just cannot figure it out at the plate. Um, I feel a little bit bad for the dude, but he's had more than plenty opportunities, more than all these guys that are you know, uh, you know, scratching up in AAA. So I, uh, I, you know, we're not going to see a AAA guy. I believe that Eloy Jimenez will be activated from the injured list because he is eligible to return tomorrow. So. That is what I think the outfield move will be. But bullpen-wise, when you're talking about Caleb Frere there, you know, up and down, uh, who's coming back? But we're not going to recycle Fulmer back up, are we? Uh, Not after how he got touched. Maybe we will. Maybe we will, though. You know, it's funny, though, because Ricky Renteria (laughs) was sitting there earlier today saying, well, I don't think that that's Carson Fulmer's last time with the White Sox. And I did hear that uh, the moves today were basically made just to – uh, keep people fresh and get some fresh arms in here. So maybe this was one of those you send Carson Fulmer down and he stays at the hotel and then uh, calls gets called back up the next day. Uh, we'll have to see if he <laughs> if he joins the team for a flight to uh, to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean honestly, I wouldn't put it past the White Sox uh, at this point in the game right now. Um, it, it all just seems the wheels are falling off. It, it's not good. Outside of Kalame, uh, with Herrera being down today now, there's really no steady piece in that bullpen. Jace Fry has gotten touched up earlier in the year. I thought he was better today, but he still walked two. 
So there's really no consistency outside of uh, Calame. And then I guess if you would have that obviously turned to shit when Van Wiel started. But before that, he was kind of an okay option in that middle game there. But I feel like that kind of a game (laughs) and straight hits nine runs, that'll destroy your confidence. So I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, that's just a thought in my head. We'll we'll have to see what they do. Uh, obviously, we'll be discussing it tomorrow. Um, you know, probably post game. Uh, let's just close the book on what happened here this weekend. Hopefully, move on. Uh, the road or the the homestand wasn't exactly what we wanted it to be. They did still finish with a winning record. Um, you can probably credit mainly uh, Baltimore for that. Uh, probably should have actually gotten a few extra wins out of that series uh, versus Detroit and Baltimore, but um, we'll take what we can get, Johnny. It's pretty much the motto around here these days. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the road ahead, what's on tap for the White Sox. We've got Cleveland coming up here, traveling to Cleveland for another four-game set, um, Monday through Thursday. Uh, tomorrow we've got... Uh, Nova versus Trevor Bauer, and Trevor Bauer has been lights out so far. Already got 55 strikeouts on the year. He's 4-1 and one with a 2.45 ERA. You know, you're coming off of these two losses, well, three in a row, but these two pretty demoralizing losses, and you're running right into the grinder against Trevor Bauer. Johnny, how do you feel about this game? Not great, Bob. Not not great no. because Ivan, Ivan Nova is starting on the White Sox side. And he was bad once again in that game against Baltimore on Wednesday night. So that does not instill any sort of ounce of confidence in me. Um, I mean, Ivan Nova, last time he was at Cleveland, he pitched well. But he has not looked good basically since then. So I am not... uh, Honestly, Tony, I mean, it sucks. I feel like, you know, I'm mumbling over myself here, but I'm at a little bit of a loss for words. I think the only thing that I can look forward to is Eloy possibly being back. Timmy's gone cold. Moncada hasn't done anything for us lately. I mean, it's Jose, bad. Things Jose, are bad. Jose Abreu, I guess. Jose Abreu but, is good right now, but the Tim I, Anderson I, okay. that we saw for April has faded into May, and he needs to quickly turn things around or this could get ugly. Um yeah, I mean, hopefully Eloy's back tomorrow, and we get uh, we get a different version of Eloy than we saw in his first stint with the White Sox uh, before the injury. Um, he wasn't exactly lighting it up per se, but um, you know, that, I, I think coming into this year, that's one of the guys that we were really you know excited to see. And I'm waiting for that first Eloy hot stretch. I think that's what I think that's what the next thing I'm looking forward to is Johnny is when we get a week from Eloy where he's had, you know, four or five dingers, uh, you know, a couple multi-hit games, um, tons of RBIs and is just carrying this team. Uh, I mean, that's what he was billed as. That's what we've wanted to see from him. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm waiting for that. Yeah. So just one thing real quick, and this is something that we'll get into more in depth on a shy Sox weekly episode, but I'm so sick of seeing the Michael Travis, uh, Michael Chavises of the world, just absolutely light it up, come into our ballpark, hit like three home runs, like it's nothing, go four for five yesterday, no problem at all, just smoking the ball. Every ball hit is at least 95 miles an hour off the bat. Um, You know, 
everyone else's prospects can come up and just tear it up, Tony. Produce immediately. The league has to adjust to them. Um, well, that was Tanky Viciato on Twitter. So shout out, Tanky, if you're listening. You had, you had worded that perfectly for me, so I'm using it here on Socks on Tap. Uh, you know, everyone else's prospects that are billed as top guys, the league has to adjust to them. Our guys take time to adjust to the league, and that time ends up turning into a full year, a full year and a half. And it's just frustrating as hell. So Eloy better have it when he comes back. I don't want to put all that pressure on him, but holy hell, we it, it really is just I, I that may be a problem with the development. Like I said, this is a topic to get into more on Chai Sykes weekly, but it uh, that's just frustrating to see. So I, I want Eloy to be that surefire guy. We need a surefire guy to instill any sort of confidence in this White Sox fan base, Tony. I wholeheartedly agree with you here. Um, I'd love to just jump on this topic right now. Um, all I'm going to say is, is Eloy is that guy that we thought was going to be the sure bet. And from his first month, uh, he didn't really tear it up the way that uh, I don't think any of us, uh, well, I don't think he tore it up the way that we thought he would. Um, and it, it would be really, really demoralizing to see any sort of slump or prolonged slump from Eloy, kind of the same way that Yoan Moncada had um, in his first stint. So I don't know about you, Johnny. I I don't know how this series with Cleveland is going to go. We're coming off of what feels like a gut punch here. I think you and I kind of have the same tone here. We're kind of laboring to get through this. It's easy to get ranty right now. We've seen some really good baseball played by the White Sox. We've seen some really bad baseball played by the White Sox. And we've seen this weekend kind of baseball played by the White Sox. <laughs> I like how you classify that differently. It, it, I mean, it is, though. This is... You're right. You're right. I mean, this is this is like the worst, you know? And it sucks because, you know, you got beautiful weather in Chicagoland. You got the great giveaways this weekend. You've packed the stadium with a bunch of fans. Um, and then that's the kind of display that they put out. And then there's other games where it's, you know, 35 degrees out and there's, you know, 30 people at the ballpark to go watch a win and, you know, good baseball. We played walk-off wins in 35 degree weather and, you know, people that, uh, people that don't normally get to see it, the casual fan, you know, I want, I want those kind of people to be able to catch some of the, the good times of the White Sox and they just haven't been able to, to put on a show. And you thought that this team was going to heat up with the weather. Ugh, not a good look. Uh, not great, Bob, as you like to say, um, Johnny, that's really all I have for Sox on tap today before this turns into a three hour shy Sox weekly rant. Um, I'm feeling extra ranty right now. I know you are as well. Um, do you have any other closing thoughts here? Because, uh, we got to tie this one down. Uh, series prediction, one and three with pick to click as Jose Abreu continuing hot streak. You know and... what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo that, except I'm going to go with um, Yohan Moncada picking it back up. Uh, I think he can. Love, I would love to see that, Tony, he, so. I, I, I think that uh, if there's somebody we need to uh, pick, back, uh, pick back up, um, where they left off, it's it's Yohan Moncada. I know Tim Anderson would be would be nice, but um, we'll see what we can get out of that. I I, th- I think that Timmy's going to go hot and cold as we go through this year, and maybe May is not Timmy's month. We'll we'll have to keep a tabs on that. But Johnny, yeah, 
And Johan uh, also blasted a ball to right field uh, in our last time that we were at Cleveland. So maybe maybe a little familiarity with the, uh, you know, just place and time recognition sort of thing. So like that may that. be something. To, yeah, I like that. I like that a little no, bit. When you're, back in that, when you're back in that same environment. Hey, I, I understand. We're ranty here. You had just mentioned it. But, you know, I'll give a little optimistic. You're in that same environment. Looks the same to you. Maybe a same type of temperature wise day. You know, it could just be a familiar experience for you. So I, I do like that Yohan Moncada pick, but I think uh, Jose is back to his level. So, and I love Jose. So, well, minus that play today, but <laughs> that's all right. At, at the bat, he also had a home run today. So that you know, yeah, extra ranty. It's Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you got to know that uh, we're cracking them. Um, Johnny, always good to uh, there. There, there it is. Uh, always good to run it down on socks on tab with you. Uh, we're going to be back yep. to a more regular schedule. Uh, this weekend we got uh, kind of, um, you know, Backed off. Up at the ballpark. Yeah, we got off because we were uh, we were at the ballpark and um, had to witness certain things, and uh, maybe the beers were flowing. And by the time we uh, made it home, there wasn't much time to do some socks on taps. But Johnny, uh, it's going to be an interesting week in Cleveland if they can. Uh, make some magic happen we could be looking at uh nice little uh white Sox resurgence so to say let's hope for that but let's be realistic i think that's kind of the attitude that we have johnny cheers happy cinco de mayo crack them let's go white Sox. let's go white Sox.